0: BLOB TALK RADIO Songwriter says, Glory to the Lamb. God bless you. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer, and this is our disclaimer. The music that you hear belongs to the artist, and we are here to promote and glorify those sounds of Zion and encourage you to buy those CDs. Truly, we love listening to Jeffrey Golden and Golden uh, Glory to the Lamb that it is such a blessing song, a song that will uplift, encourage you, and inspire you. When we know that all glory, all power, and all majesty is in the hands of God through that death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, that truly that he has the glory, and the Lamb of God is our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Again, you're listening to the 5 full Ministry Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. If you would like to call us, our phone number is 410-661-4103. Again, that's 410-661-4103. If you would like to write us or send a card, it is five full Ministries. P.O. Box 9786, that's Baltimore, Maryland, 21284. Again, that's P.O. Box 9786, Baltimore, Maryland, 21284. Let us go back again and listen to Glory to the Lamb by Jeffrey Golden. God bless you. Amen. songwriter says, Glory to the Lamb. I would like you at this particular time, as we had said before, to get out your Bibles. We're going to look at Esther chapter 9, verses 22. Again, Esther chapter 9, verses 22. And as you get your Bibles out, and as we get ready to get into the Word of God for today, I would like us to start off with a prayer. Because this is our year of expectancy, the Lord put in my heart to say to the radio audience that expect the move, the miraculous, the favor of God to move this year for you. So let us honor and sing, uh, I'm sorry, and uh, just praise Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup running over surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever we have to keep in mind that the mercy and the grace of god is sufficient for thee it's sufficient for us God bless you again. You're listening to the Five Full Ministry Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. As I was telling you uh, for quite a while now, as you look in the news that I had you all to pray for the uh, nation of China as well as other nations around the world, and, and looking at the news that I saw that China and Russia now Um, have become uh, partners or allies in business, and that it's so very important that we keep all the nations in prayer as they unite uh, for business reason or whatever reason to keep the peace. Because sometimes when you mean to do good, there's always an evil one that will try to get things to go in a different direction. We want world peace. We want the favor of God. We want the grace of God. And we want to make sure that we can dwell together as brethren. So many times you hear uh, wars and rumors of wars, but we know that our God can do anything but fail if we would just trust and believe who our God is. I want to encourage you that as you pray, pray ye for one another, and especially that those nations... Um, that are going through turbulence at this time or going through wars at this time. We just want to trust God that he can do anything but fail. As I said earlier today, that we are going to uh, look at the story of Esther. And we want to look at chapter 9, and we want to look at verses 22. Again, that's chapter 9. Verses 22 And let us read it before we have another sermonic hymn It says As a time when the Jews got relief from their enemies And as the mouth when their sorrow was turned into joy And their mourning into a day of celebration he wrote them to observe the days as days of, of feasting and joy and giving presents of food to one another and gifts to the poor. I'll say it again, that to observe the days of feasting, observe the days of celebration, observe the days of joy, that your God will turn your sorrow into joy, turn your sadness into gladness, and will relieve you from your enemies. Amen. You know, it's so very important that you need to just trust God, that God can do anything but fail, and that if your God says that he's going to do it, then it can be done. You just got to trust him at his word. We love the Lord. We love him so much that we believe that what he say is able to come to pass. This is the kind of faith, as we look at our story today, that it was one young lady who trusted in God with all her heart, with all her soul, that God can do Anything but fail. You know, a lot of times, you know, I heard a a, a songwriter, her name was Miss um, Andrews, and she used to always sing, Lord, Don't Move My Mountain. Sometimes we got to trust God that where we are in that situation, that even though we may not look like we've delivered or set free, that we have the victory. Because there is a lesson that God wants us to learn, and He wants us to be encouraged. Matter of fact, let us listen to a little bit of Inez Andrew, and God bless you. Amen. one of the favorite old songs that my mom and them liked to hear. And I always used to tease, I would say, Ma, I would want God to move the mountain more so than help me to climb. (laughs) But she said in life there are lessons that we need to learn as human beings so that we could be made stronger, that there are times that, you know, you could be on a job and, Catching hell and a supervisor, and everybody could just seem like to just the pressure of it all. But when you stand and hold your peace, and when you pray and maintain your character, it shows that not only you exemplify what Christ did when He was taking Him to the cross, but it helps you not only to be stronger, but for others to see that you are a person of suffering. My mom used to tell me that if we make one step, that God will make two, and sometimes when we don't make a step at all, He still you know pushes for us in the midst of that situation that we have to see the need for change. oh hallelujah, I say it again that when my mom said that why God will leave a certain situation as it is is to make us stronger to make us wiser. And to see the totality or the whole picture that what we're going through, what changes are necessary, I'll say it again, that sometimes in life we're so busy in a hurry, we're looking at different things on the news, we have our own agenda and ideas, we're rushing to and fro, but yet we cannot see the purpose that God has for our lives or the direction or plan that he has for us so that we can go for it. So when we're in the midst of a storm, when we're going through a lot of chaos and a lot of hell, that it is time for us to just sit back and think about and call on God, because sometimes that's when we pray the most It's when we're in trouble. (laughs) That's when we really call on the name of Jesus. So in this particular situation, my mother was saying with uh, Sister uh, Andrews or Reverend Andrews that when we can go through that storm and that mountain, that we could call on God, not only can we see the favor that's on our life to show that God is with us, but it also will show us that what changes do I need to make for my life? Is it time for me to leave that job? Is it time for me to go in a different direction? Is it time for me to go to a new city or new town? What is it that's causing all of this hell that's making my life uneasy or abreast? I love the testimony of Oprah Winfrey. She was in Maryland. She had been on a job for a while and a TV station looked like they were going to cut personnel. They were going to um, lay off a lot of people in her situation. They even were going to terminate her job. And she had given her best. She had really helped to build up that station, and she made a lot of friends along the way. And I never will forget that when they did the write-up about her, that that tragedy or that layoff or going to get fired It pushed her to Chicago and to places where she could set up her own studio and that she was able to uh, network and get to where she is today. You know, when you stay in a situation and turn it over to God and let him separate you and don't go ahead of the plan, sometimes you see people say, well, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go right now. And they might not be mature enough to leave. Some of them say, well, you know, I'm going to go and seek after this. They may not really have enough good direction. And then it's very sad that some people even go and say, well, I'm going for the money, or I'm going for the fame, or I'm going for the uh, popularity. And see, there it is. The motive is not right, so truly is going to fall. When you trust God and you put it in God's hands, God will give you the day, the hour, the plan, and the peace of mind to say it's time. It's time now, and it will be just like a puzzle. Like Oprah, when she lost a job in Maryland, there was a job right there in Chicago waiting on her. She just had to make one step for God to open up them doors for her two steps. So I would encourage you this year that the plans that you have, you fast. You pray, you take it to God, you watch the visions and dreams and signs that he gives you, and you move according to his timing, not your timing, your want, your desires, or your needs. And when you move, move with the plans that he has in mind, because they they says in the Word that, you know, write down the vision and make it plain. You should have your vision plan, your format, your short-term, long-term goals, and have it in such a way that it's laid out that God can bless it. That's how a lot of people sometimes they jump ship before it's time. They move out before it's time. It's like Peter. Peter had the faith to move in the direction of God. He had the faith to walk on water. He had the faith to get off the boat. But then when it got real rough and it was challenging, It was a lot of controversy. The winds was blowing, and he felt uneasy with that situation. That's when he almost drowned, and God had to to catch his hand. I find in life that when you are in a situation and it's pushing your back up against the wall, rather than stay there, get oppressed and depressed and get beat up and misused and abused, that you can't even fight for yourself, that what you need to do, is turn it over to God, say your prayers, and look to God to give you a strategy. Because it might be time for you to get a different job or to work for another company or to move in the vision that you have for your own ministry. It's not a bad thing, but controversy comes sometimes to get you to get up and get out. Because you could get complacent. I remember for myself, I was in a church with 3,000 people. I loved it. I was in the shadows, even though sometimes God would put my head up and people noticed me, but I loved it. I was They wouldn't see when I come in, when I go out. Everybody was the president of this and in charge of this auxiliary or this club. I could come through the back door and leave out the back door. I, I loved it. But God found fit that looked like all hell was breaking loose, that people were challenging me about, go out and do my ministry. Why won't I do the work for the Lord? And doors were opening. There was opportunities given to me to start ministry. There was a lot of different things that was coming to me that, were that made it easier. But I was complacent. I liked where I was. And finally, the Lord let me know, and he showed me in his own place that there was a need. And I'll give my testimony. I met someone that saw me about and asked me could I help them in ministry. I did not know that in in agreeing to help this person in ministry that he was the president of the Maryland Vicinity Baptist Conference that was connected to Hampton University. And he became my god-grandfather because I'd never had a grandfather. So, of course, it put me again at the head of the class, at the head of the uh the gathering of leaders, that they too pushed me, When are you gonna get ordained, when are you gonna become a reverend, when you gonna study, when you going to, are you going to uh, get it together. <laughs> so when I was at the church with three thousand I could hide and then I called myself helping somebody else to put me to the forefront. So there I was challenged to Study to uh, find myself approved, rightly divine the word. I had all leaders, oh, my God, from all over the place. I was so blessed. I had um, different ones throughout the Maryland vicinity, and then I went to um, Hampton University to the conference. And through that, I saw what leadership was. I saw what my responsibilities would be. I saw the challenges for myself as a woman in ministry. But I saw that I was called and I had to fulfill the commission set by God. It's like with Jesus. Jesus was sent to fulfill and to do the work of the Father. He came to be about his Father's business. So he was on assignment. Learning that assignment, I never knew that I would be in charge of some things or that I would be ordained or reverend, or have those under me that I had to teach leadership or that I would go around the world and had to not only send an encouraging message but help those to stand tall and firm based on my training. So it's very important that you don't shipwreck yourself and get out the boat ahead of God. When it gets hot, when it gets really turned up, that's the time that God trying to get your attention. Pray more. Have faith. Really dig deep. And do your research examination. This is what I like about my son. My son said to me, Mommy, I had a good job. I got laid off. And when I went to interviews, he said, I knew that I qualified, but so many people got laid off. And it challenged me to say, look, you're not getting a job here. I went to recruiters. I took up different trades. So he had to come up with a plan to help sustain himself and his family, and he started his own business. And the first time, the first paycheck that he had, he got about $10,000, and that he pushed himself to do what was right. It pushed him to know how to do uh, a business plan, a website, to get uh, certified, incorporated, make it legal, all the things that he needed to go to the next level and be successful. He's at the point now where that his plan is to hire employees so that they, too, can be self-sustaining. So sometimes, as uh, Reverend Arnaz says, Andrew said, that, you know, God just helped me to go through it rather than have it removed out your way because you need to go through the challenges to show who you are, what type of strength you have. I remember my uh, grandfather said to me, how tough is your skin? Because he knew I was going to get ridiculed, talked about, named, scandalized, finger point. And then he would say to me, you know, he said, um, not only how tough is my skin, But he wanted to see, are you faithful in this cause? Can you stand to the end? Will you go all the way? In helping him, I became the maintenance lady cleaning up his church. Never knew that I would have my own church and be over churches. So I really learned from the ground up. I remember the first time that they gave me a responsibility to help serve communion and not knock the communion juice all over the tray and the white tablecloth. <laughs> and I heard the ladies, the missionary, said, mm, We got our work cut out for us. But I thank God for that, that I didn't move ahead. I came in to be a help. I submitted myself. I based myself on the Lord. I was very humble. And in doing that that it pulled me up to the ranks so that I could understand. It took me to the places to meet the right people that will further my ministry, and not only that, it prepared me to go around the world to help others. So this is how our story is today, as we look at Esther chapter nine twenty-two. It starts off talking about a young Jewish girl who was an orphan, that she had witnessed the murder of her mother and her father, separation of family, uh, dealing with trauma. Terrible situations And that she was Without family And through the Had the upper hand over you It can mean death Or exile In her situation If was put out of the camp She was no longer the queen of Persia Because she spoke out About what she believed was unfair um, And asked of her husband I want to encourage All the listeners today Especially the men If you know that this is going to be Embarrassing situation for your wife or something that will bring mockery upon you or your head or your wife, I would encourage you not to do it. Do not put a situation where the light is turned on you and your household. You have put shame, embarrassment, damnation, condemnation, and pointing. that you have not only embarrassed yourself, but you have embarrassed your wife. Try to conduct yourself in such a way as in decency and in order. And if you do make that kind of mistake, don't involve your wife that she could be belittled or looked upon unfavorably because of something that you did. So that's how I left the, uh, the position of being queen. And the king of Persia was advised to find someone else that was younger or prettier, long hair or whatever it could be, to get herself another queen, says Vestai, left. You know, it's sad sometimes when you see a woman who's strong, who's a virtuous woman, who's able to help take care of herself as well as her family and put shine to her husband for the acts that she's doing, have a nice, reputable uh, reputation, that she has a backbone to say what is right and what is wrong. People frown upon that because she's not a, a weak, meek, quiet woman who won't speak her mind. There are women who are strong that can speak their mind, speak with clarity, speak with understanding and wait their turn if necessary. But then there are those Person According to this Persian king He just wanted someone that would be quiet And shut their mouth and wouldn't say nothing So he chose this little young thing And her name was Esther And not knowing anything about her That he looked upon her beauty Sometimes you can be blinded by the outward appearance And don't see the inward appearance but That that i was strong and she was a queen to be reckoned with. (laughs) So he thought he'll get this little young thing, Esther, and she would be a better queen. But she had a surprise for him. So I'm going to um, just encourage you again. I was going to stop right there and play a demonic hymn, but I think I keep going with the story today. So as I said, Esther was a Jewish girl. She had changed her name. Uh, From her Jewish name to Esther So that the king would not know The very one that he's Persecuting, the very one that he's Talking about, the very one that He's going to start war with The very one who his council People were trying to destroy That she was from that nation of people You have to Be careful how you point Fingers at other people without seeing Yourself, that Your enemies I'll say it again, could be the very one that could bless you or hurt you. In this situation, that um, they were saying, this guy named Hammond was saying, we need to kill all the Jews. We need to kill them all. Not knowing that the king had just picked a new queen who was a Jew. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? And doing so, she was very fair she was very meek, she was very humble, and that she kept her faith, but she did it privately. Sometimes there are women who can be quiet and soft-spoken, who know how to keep the peace. They don't have to be a hellraiser ready to fight and put up the dukes. But she did it in such a way that she fought with grace. I'll say it again. That Esther fought with grace. She didn't necessarily have to fight with her mouth or temperament or her dukes, her fists. In doing so, that it says here that Esther, Esther was loved out throughout the Bible, and that during the time that they wanted to kill all the Jews, it was Esther. It was Esther who had the favor and ear to her husband to spare the whole nation from being destroyed of the Israel faith or the Jewish uh the Jewish people. And in doing so, that she challenged her husband after she became his wife, which was so cool. She said, "Well, you want to get rid of these people?" Because of their nationality, because of their faith, because of their belief in that, they are Jews. And your advisor said, kill them all. But look at me. I'm a Jew. So are you going to kill me? (laughs) By that time, he was in love. And he had to make the right decision because he knew he had messed up with the first wife. This is the second wife. And this was one that was very meek and sweet, but she was shrewd. She knew how to fight quietly. (laughs) What I loved about this particular story, that the very one who tried to pull you down, to set you up, to scandalize your name, to talk about you, to stab you in the back, that don't they know the noose that they want to put around her neck and lynch her up on a tree, the same noose, was around his neck and his family in the end. When you lay potholes, when you lay traps, when you lay destruction for other people, sometimes, most of the times, you fall in it yourself because you set out evil to do evil. This man, Hammond, he wanted to shine. He wanted to be glorified. He wanted all the favor he wanted everything that the Jews had. Can you imagine now? The Jews have a relationship with God. They're chosen by God. They're sent by God. They're used by God. That God's hand is upon this nation of people that he's going to use them as example for the whole world to say, this is how I want you to be as my creation, and I'm going to show you my love and relationship to you to give hope to Other people that I'm your God But then you have one A Lucifer who not only Is jealous of God But he has somebody that Hammond who wanted to destroy your character Put you down Get you killed Leave you out there dry And hurt you real bad This is the plan that he had for Esther But instead He fell in his own vomit The what he laid for her The stench that he had for her The dung that he had for her, he fell in it for himself. I would encourage everybody, if you don't mean to do right by people, you shouldn't bother with them at all. If you don't want to speak well, exalt, edify, and and encourage, don't run your mouth at all. The very one that you curse, you're cursing yourself. You know, I've seen in my lifetime, because I'm a prophet, and I try to come in peace and in love, Those very ones who have come up against me have really had some very horrible incidents in their life and tragedies. And I would talk to them and pray with them and mean them good and give them good advice. And I have seen the fall of so many people in my lifetime because they didn't want good advice or they wanted to go in their own direction, which was really bad. They knew it. But they went ahead of God and his plan, and a lot of them have regretted. Some have even died. When you have someone that means you well, trying to exalt, edify, and encourage, and trying to help you, and not going after for materialistic gain, then those are the people you want around you as friends. See, the king of Persia recognized that about Esther. He knew that it was his choice. She wasn't in it for the money. She wasn't in it for the position or the fame. She wasn't in it, you know, to say, look at me, I'm going to do my own thing. She wasn't in it to say, I'm going to get paid or, you know, this man is going to take care of me. He put up the, the stipulations. The king of Persia said that this is what I want to do. So he went after her. So he could never say she was a gold digger, that she was after money. That's not true. He went after her. He pursued her. He pulled her into his camp. Esther was minding her business. Sometimes when I have seen people in marriages and all, they always say, well, this one came after me. This one was doing this to me. This one was trying to seduce me, which is a lie from the pit of hell. That it was the man who perceived the woman or went after the woman or made phone calls or tried to pull him the camp or get a relationship or even to get married. But at the end the finger was always pointed at the opposite one who really did it to themselves. This king of Persia went after Esther. So he couldn't call her gold digger. He wanted someone that was quiet. <laughs> someone who didn't fuss back, argue, was bold like Vesta who had a backbone. She was a a, a, a silent killer. <laughs> Esther knew how to to do what she needed to do quietly, and they said that, you know, um, in a lack of a, a way of saying it, that she knew how to fight her battles in a different direction. So when it got to the point that they said, kill all of the Jews, and she made it known to her husband, I'm a Jew, or she made it known that I'm the wife, or she made it known, as they say here in America, that you only had <laughs> But she didn't have to fight She didn't have to yell outside She didn't have to give a bull horn She didn't have to do anything But to just say I am the wife that you married <laughs> So eventually The king of Persia Saw things as the way And through her sacrifice That She was able To be the queen of the Persian Empire, and that she helped others so that they could not be destroyed and they could get delivered from a nasty situation. I really appreciate the story of Esther because I'd be saying sometimes, why do they put so much emphasis on the old black Negro heroes from the past, 200 years ago, 100 years ago? You know, why not really look at those one today. But looking at the story of Esther, it made it very clear to me why Harriet Tubman, the Underground Railroad here in this United States, a Rosa Parks or people like that, why it was so important that we should put emphasis on them. Because it was a Rosa Parks, as well as this other lady that I can't remember her name at the time that was pregnant, and refused to sit at the back of the bus because they felt that they had a right to sit where they want. They paid their money. It was Harriet Tubman who refused to see Negroes or blacks uh, in America being lynched or being slaves to other people and that she helped slaves to escape through uh, through all that turmoil and called the Underground Railroad, that they set the standard, for they set the pace so that the deliverance of people, not only in their consciousness like Rosa Parks, that we have a right to be treated as human beings, but also, as Harriet told me, that we have a right not to be slaves to those who want to be a guard or lord or master over us. So Esther was the same way. You know, the book of Esther teaches us that throughout this, story that God's grace and his excellence, his meekness, his humbleness, that this is how Esther conduct herself and she was able to win a big battle without even cussing or fussing or trying to throw a t fit. She just made one point, I'm GT. Like some women today make one point, I'm your wife. So, you know, if you gotta go to court or see a judge, we can go from there. You don't have to take matters in your own hands. You don't have to blame your husband or your wife or your situation. You, make, you need to take responsibility and say this is what you chose. You should make the best of it. You know, if you're going to uh, bring things in your household, and know the consequences. If you're going to put people in your life, then you should know that nothing is guaranteed. But when you trust God at his word and you examine it his word and you do it according to his word, it works out every time. When I looked at this story of Esther, and it really enlightened my eyes again because Purim, P-U-R-I-M, that this is a celebration that the Jews have. And they did the celebration in uh, honor of Esther, Because Esther not only saved the people, she liberated the people, and she had them to even gain the entry to God of more favor because God showed up and showed out that they commemorated a day or a month of parents that even though these people were crushed, they were broken, they were destroyed, that this was occasion that they will always remember that God used Esther, a little quiet, meek person, that they were able to finally have joy, rest, and they were able to be liberated. And in looking at this story and doing my research, it says this is why the Christians celebrate Easter or the resurrection of Christ or even Christmas, the birth of Christ, Because it's symbolic in the same situation that through the birth of Jesus, we too now can be liberated. We too can have the freedom to know that God is on our side and that we may not know the day or hour of Christ's birth. But it is our day of liberation that we were emancipated to have eternal life and freedom, everlasting life. So Christmas is a big deal, even though we don't know the date, but it says that Christ was born. That's very powerful. And they also celebrate Easter, which is when uh, Jesus was risen from the dead. He was seen by his disciples, and he was resurrected, and he sits on the right hand of the Father. When you have accepted the death of Christ, knowing that he was buried and that he rose or was resurrected, that this is the commemoration or the celebration that we can have eternal life, same as the day of Purim that they said with Esther, that they used that uh, commemoration or celebration holiday to say that they were delivered from the evil one, good God Almighty. And believe it or not, in time with the uh, Israel, the Jews, they give gifts, they serve food, they visit each other, they send presents, and this is how they commemorate or celebrate that great occasion that they were set free. And it really brought some light on to Christmas. I'm like, hmm, okay. So not only did, do they give gifts, but it's a celebration of giving gifts to loved ones that say that, I am celebrating this holiday with you, too, uh, not only out of love but out of joy. So, you know, when you look at the story of Esther and you can do all your research, that God will send his Holy Spirit who will give that understanding to you, that that understanding, when you read the Word for yourself, you can find your purpose. You can find those hidden gems And you can find those stories that can open up understanding how you deal with your life. I want to encourage you, as God said in his word, that he's able to do anything and everything, the plan that he has for our life in Jeremiah 29. He has a plan for you, that God is able to do any and everything that he said in his word. He can give us that relief. Turn our sorrow into joy, those tears into a celebration, and that he could bless us even in those times that we think that we are getting ready to go into that lion's den or get nailed to the cross that Jesus have already taken on those storms or oppositions for our life. I want to encourage you to read the story of Esther for yourself, to see how God... Uh, not only she took a chance, a risk for her life, for someone else's life, she laid down the exposure of who she was and not back down quietly to say that she was a Jew so that others can have a chance, that others can have the authority to live and not die. It is very sad when you have people that comes into your life and try to be a dictator or have rulership over you and say what you can and cannot do. I would encourage you again that as you read the word of God for yourself, that you gain the understanding to know that your God is able to do anything but fail and know that the book of Esther showed showed us, We do have a power when we are meek and quiet and that we have the victory that even in our soft-spokenness that people may take for granted that we are powerful in the Lord and we can do anything but fail. Don't let people make you feel that because you are meek, that you are quiet, that you don't have the authority to speak up for yourself. Yes, you do. You have lawyers. You have a union. You have the angels of God, northwest, south, and east wind, and you have the very favor because you are a child of God. So they say they are Christians and child of God or whatever they could say. They oppress people and misuse their authority and their influence to oppress you. But this book of Esther showed me that God is able to do anything but fail. If you keep the faith, if you trust, pray to Him and keep self-control and just smile and just know that your God will bring you out, that your God will sustain you, your God will bless you, and above all, your God loves you. Amen? Amen. I wanted to just Uh, Speak to you about the Word of God today That God said That expect Healing, expect miracles Expect uh, His Word To come true Walk in a spirit of expectancy That He can do anything But fail God bless you again, this is a new year Happy holidays to you again Treat others the way You want to be treated and remember Just because a person is quiet And don't do anything but smile or stay somewhere that you say, why don't they leave? I'm all bruising, I'm doing, I'm doing that. They have to wait for God's timing, and they have to wait for God's purpose to say, leave now. Everything is done in the decency and in order by the grace of God. That God's strength, God's grace is sufficient for thee. God bless you again, and remember, you can hear us through the week now, Monday through Fridays, as well as on Sundays, you can hear us. God bless you, and let us listen to Jeff Major. Enjoy your day, and please go in to encourage others in your fellowship as well as your pastor, and stay in line with the vision. Keep that mouth closed, and be meek and humble, so God can bless you. Amen, amen.